0: Well, hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. My name is Eric Cromerine. I use he, they pronouns. And today today is Gay Summer Book Club Day. We're, we're just talking about books because a bunch of us are nerds and read a lot of books and thought it'd be fun to talk about them on the podcast. And so I brought together um, a bunch of book nerds. I'm going to let them all introduce themselves. Um, I'm going to just... I don't know how you all see each other on the screen. I will start with future if you want to. So just tell us your name, your pronouns, and what are you currently reading or what have you most recently read?
1: All right. Howdy, folks. My name is Future. Go by he, him. Pronouns. I have two answers to what I'm reading now. The non embarrassing published answer is I am reading The Thorn of Denton Hill by Marshall Ryan Maresca, the first of his Maranday novels, doing a whole Seabreeze reread. The embarrassing answer is I am reading the latest chapter of the uh, progression novel on Royal Road that I'm following, A Football Manager, about a guy who gets literal football manager powers. It's better than you think.
2: <laughs> I believe
0: you. <laughs> Uh, all right, Chris, you're up next. Um, hi, I'm Chris,
2: he, him, pronouns. And um, I'm not currently reading anything, but I just finished reading um, Siren Queen by Nevo. Ooh. And um, yeah, it's not a novella. It's definitely a short novel about magical, like Hollywood, like Hollywood coming to life in a sense of actual stars and beasts and all that kind of stuff um really really good book
0: it sounds like a, a more fantasy version of um last action hero with arnold schwarzenegger hmm. no one no one knows what i'm talking about Do you <laughs> no, i know what he's talking about it was literally a movie where like a kid goes to like an action movie and like arnold schwarzenegger comes out of the movie screen into the real world and then has to like oh. adjust to being like he goes to like punch a window out of a car and like cuts his hand he's like what's this Oh, he's like, cool. dude, you're not, he's like, you're not in a movie. You, you bleed here. <laughs> I don't know if it holds up and if I can recommend it, but it just seemed similar. That's all. Um, Kara. Uh,
3: I'm Kara. I go by they, them pronouns and <laughs> I'm not currently reading anything. Cause I'm waiting for the book club vote to come in. Um, but I last read the. Um, Darkest Shade of Magic Spy, the East blob. Uh, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. Not sure I enjoyed it enough to read the next two books, but we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Fair. I'm, I'm constantly trying to get people on the V.E. Schwab train. That's like <laughs> my goal in life.
3: Yeah, I definitely <laughs> enjoy her writing style for sure. Yeah. Like Galant style was my favorite. It was like my intro mm. to her. Um, and I really enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. All right. And Richard. Hi, I'm Richard. I use he, him pronouns um and actually so i'm we were talking about this earlier but i'm writing my dissertation so i'm trying to read like nice light books to make me not go insane uh so i've been reading waybound by will wright which is the last book in his cradle lit rpg series um it's nice like quick reads usually and it's sort of like um an anime in a book kind of but not a manga it's not illustrated or anything it's in a novel form um and it's just really satisfying because like the characters like go through like very set progressions and like beat bigger and bigger bad guys so it's kind of a fun read
1: Richard, if you like progression and cultivation novels, I have a couple of things to recommend to you when we're done with this recording. <laughs> yeah, including That's... the Football Manager. <laughs> that one's there, but no, let's talk about Beware of Chicken, which is better than you. Which Ooh, is okay, uh, like an anti-cultivation novel in a way. But we'll talk about that when we're not on a time course. Because I want to talk about gay
0: stuff. And yeah, perfect. <laughs> awesome. And and again, my name is Eric, and I'm so I'm currently reading a book called The Winter Night. By Jess Battis, uh B-A-T-T-I-S. I'm like 60, 70 pages in. It is uh Ar- uh Arthurian King Arthur mythos, as though all of those characters from King Arthur's court get reborn into new generations and keep reliving lives. Um, it's it gives me like if you've read Wicked and Divine, the comic series, mm-hmm. it's like that-ish um and it's like someone just got murdered and like one of the i think she, she's a valkyrie who's trying to like figure out the murder and like who did it and there's a bunch of knights running around um the i the two is a dual perspective novel um one of the one of the characters is uh queer and autistic and then the other character i believe is the trans character that they've that like the the description referenced um and they haven't identified them in any particular way as being trans, but I'm trying, it seemed like those were the two. Um, I'm really into it. It's, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's got some like good writing style to it. Um, and I don't know kind of what research they did around, like, like around autism to make it feel authentic, but it's, it was like right away, like that character, like the, the passages were just really well done. Um, so I'm excited to see where, where it goes. And then what is the, the other one I just finished was, Um, Vampire Weekend by Mike Chen Um, I'm a big fan of Mike Chen Who's done um, A Beginning at the End Which was a weird book about a flu pandemic That he was writing right before COVID happened (laughs) And it's actually really sweet It's a really good book Um, I read that at
2: the beginning of the pandemic
0: I read it like 2020
2: I, I was like why am I reading this but this is also amazing
0: I was like the, I get like suspension of disbelief is out the door because the government stepped in yeah. and actually did everything appropriately like, wait, right off the this bat this is not
2: real yeah.
3: alternate universe yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: with uh, vampires
0: <laughs> yeah so so my my first question for for everybody I'll just I, I'll try and leave this a little bit free for I know I set everyone some questions ahead of time Um, and in true, my fashion, I will disregard half of them and just take us off in other directions. So hopefully didn't over-prepare. Um, but when, when folks are looking for books these days, um, what, what is it you look for when you're like looking for books? Um, be it like genre, be it, are there certain character things you look for? I see Kara is ready. Kara has like, Oh (laughs) yes. What (laughs) go for it. Tell me what's, what's on your mind.
3: I feel like I have a very specific set of criteria for me to actually get into books. And I was never that kind of person, but I feel like especially over the past few years, COVID just like decimated my focus and I just could not like, you know, have my attention on something for so long. So I've been kind of like figuring out what, what kind of books actually worked for me and what I could find more enjoyable. It kind of helped me figure out What kind of books I like in general, so win win there. Um, But the three main things are like easy to follow, like the writing style. Hmm. Like it can't be flowery language, in depth, like um, like like unique words that you have to probably like find dictionary for. Um, If it's like a world building thing, it'd be nice to have like a dictionary at the end that you can reference. but like not overcomplicated and I like it straight to the point um, and you to follow writing style. I also really like exciting action and adventure, something mm-hmm. that gets me really into like the, the moods uh, and just feeling like I'm there um, and I can be right by the characters. I like third person books, third person style, like point mm-hmm. of view. Um, books to where I can feel like I'm there as part of the, you know, the camaraderie, the game, the like, just by the characters. Um, I never enjoyed first person point of view because I don't want to be the one thinking all of, mm. or feeling that. Like, that's not how I feel. You don't, don't tell me how to feel. <laughs> like, uh, how
0: <laughs> dare you? <laughs>
3: and then lastly, of course, it's got to be queer.
0: It's yep. got to be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, three criteria. When you said the first person thing, I was like, I've read a couple books that have had really good second person, which is really wild to me. Like the you get up and do this is like, excuse me, I'm sitting in a chair. Yeah.
2: Um. (laughs) Although
0: one book I did read, it literally started off with like you were sitting in your favorite chair, getting ready to read this book, and I was like,
2: oh, that's
3: kind of cool, kind of like what was fourth wall breaking? Yeah.
0: Um. It was uh, Italo Covino's "If on a Winter's Night a Traveler." Oh, that's we'll us Tello Covino
1: for you. He just yeah. always throws you for a loop no matter like, what. So
0: it's That one was wild because it was like every other chapter was second person. And then the other chapters were you reading the book. So it's like in chapter one, like you're sitting down to read a book. Chapter two is the book that you're reading. And then like at the end of chapter two, like something's wrong with the book. And like the rest of it's not there. That's so then trippy. chapter three starts you going to find the book. And like, it's just... It is. I, re- I read it in undergrad, and it's a trip. That's
3: yeah, it kind of reminds me of um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy*, where like they focus on the characters, but there's like these elements of like you or mm-hmm. like they, they break the fourth wall a little bit and like tell you these interesting facts as if they're talking to you directly. That's that's kind of cool. That's, that's like unique and different, and like definitely draws you in for sure.
0: Uh, what about for other folks? What are what are you looking for in books these days? Um, I'm going to go with,
1: I need an interesting looking cover. I know that's shallow of me, but <laughs> it's got to at least draw my eye a little bit. And I have found that, like Kara was saying, the more florid style of writing tends to tends to turn me off these days like if i can't if you start tossing a whole lot of proper nouns at me without enough context clues to figure out what's going on you're gonna lose me i'm just gonna go back to my fun trashy um urban fantasy where i can at least understand what's going on and there's always some fun quips instead of all this these and thous and lots of x's and g's (laughs) uh
0: chris or richard what are you what are you all looking for yeah Um, for Oh, oh go ahead.
4: <laughs> um, so, for, so for me, I like um, I like world building a lot. So, I like if like if there's a magic system, I like it to have like pretty strict, not strict, but pretty well uh, explained rules and things. Because be, because then the characters, uh, one trope I like is like a character ex, like breaking the rules or like finding a loophole in the rules and then being able to do like really cool stuff um that's one thing I like and of course I'm enjoying the trend in fantasy and sci-fi now where there are there is more queer representation um Mm -hmm. so like a lot of the newer series have at least a few characters that are um queer in some way um and I am definitely enjoying seeing that in the genre more and more and Chris what
0: about what about you so I think
2: I'm, uh, I'm a mood reader. So like anytime you ask me this, I, my answer is different. But at this very moment in time, right now on this lovely Thursday, <laughs> um, I think I'm, I just came off of reading a lot of heavy fantasy books last year. I read like all of the Stormlight Archives, like all of them. <laughs> and I read just so much fantasy last year that I think now I just want standalone short Mm -hmm. stories or short novels something that starts and ends I don't need a whole universe I don't need like shared characters popping in and out and cameos no just I think now what draws me in is a short established story that ends and is maybe cozy and yeah and queer obviously but I think I'm hopping off of the like big I mean I still love fantasy but just like the universe stuff or like the right. long series that never end. I'm kind of starting to wear off that.
0: Right, because well, we went. We went to that. Um, was it? Yeah, you were with you were with me at Boscone when we went to the like what what Booker like here's single books mm. that you can read. Mm. Yeah, because um, we were both like, I just need to like not read something that's got seven seventeen different books. Mm like I know that I eventually want to read The Wheel of Time but like my god. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well also there you still have uh, steady yourself for a lot of characters playing with their braids or smoothing their <laughs> skirts <laughs> right. and it's just buddy please I get it like give them something else to do with their hands please.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think for I mean I think for me right now I'm definitely like obviously I mean I don't want to say obviously cuz maybe it's not for everybody like but like I'm very much looking for gay stuff. Like if I, if I'm reading the back of it and like, and which I guess I could, I shouldn't say like, if I can't find it right away, I'm not going to read it. Cause that's not true. Cause if that was true, I wouldn't have read B.E. Schwab's Darker Shades of Magic. Cause on the back, it didn't say that there was anything gay about it, but like I'd read other stuff of hers before I read that one. And I was like, okay, like I know you, I know you're gonna throw some gay stuff in there. Um, and she did. And I would, I would die for Prince Rye. <laughs> Heck, that disaster human, I love him so much.
2: Such a disaster, though. Such a
0: disaster in all the best ways. Um, I think it's like his intro. They're just like he's like, like draped over a chair, just like lamenting about how terrible mm-hmm. his yeah. night was because he didn't have enough sex with people. And I was like, <laughs> a man after my heart.
2: Representation matters in that moment. Whole representation we, matters. We, we
0: stand a um lord byron (laughs) ripoff but i I think i think outside from that like i think i'm looking like when i look for things you know it's i mean i guess i look through like all the stuff that i've read and i'm like somehow i'm drawn to all the books that are gonna like emotionally punch me in the face um like that's a big thing for me like give me a uh uh fonda lee and her Mm -hmm. bone bone Mm. saga the green bone saga that like devastated me 17 different ways um, but I think it's for me, it's like, it's that I'm not as, as in line with Richard where it's like, I need the hard set rules of a magic system, but like her magic system in the, the green saga was so interesting to me. And like, I never got, you never really get the full explanation of how it all mm-hmm. works. It just does. But like, that was so good. I'm also a big multi, per, multi POV person. I love the, like seeing something happen over here. Jumping to a different character and then waiting for the cross between them, mm-hmm. um, which I blame season one of Heroes for, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but I, I think those are, and then. Where did they have other, an
2: episode my, of just about
0: Heroes? Okay, me, oh my God. That, <laughs> that, would just one, me, that
1: would just be me screaming about. Yes, everything
2: after a season like one. We've, so. we've mentioned it in every episode I've been on. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah.
0: And then and then the, the, other, the other thing for me is that I, so I, I'm in Boston. I go to, there's a bookstore here called the Brookline Booksmith, which I love and adore. And whenever I go in, there's always like bookseller recommendations on stuff. And like, for me, that's been huge. Like going to the thing, it's like, if you liked this book, well then have we got another one for you over here? Or like, the weird way that like I know certain names on the the recommendations, where I'm like, ooh, you recommended this other one. So if you like this one, too, which is where I've been diving into like just like different things like this, the winter night. But like, I don't think it would have found otherwise. I think it popped up because someone had like a tag on it being like, this is a cool book. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's go. It's funny you say that
1: um, my local friendly bookstore um, also has that and they have like a whole they have a bunch of like, hey, we read this so you like this or um, uh, for for uh, lock two it was like it was like it was like lesbian necromancers in space of course mm-hmm. yeah but I, I went there with my boyfriend for a thing i geeked out with the staff for 45 minutes and then he told me i'm not allowed to return there by myself anymore because i will walk <laughs> out with 10 books and that is fair and valid because i went to the
0: library last week for the first time here and i walked out with 10 books so you know i uh I still remember the, the tag that the bookseller wrote on the, the one for Gideon the Ninth when I first picked it up, which was this book punched me in the face and I said thank you. And <laughs> that was it. That, that that is correct. That is the that described that book. And I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, um, so so I know we we all talked about gay stuff to some degree. So I know the next question on my list of things was talk to me about your favorite gay people or your favorite queer people, your favorite trans people in books. And I've, I mean, I've already thrown one out that I fucking love Prince Rye and I would die for that disaster of a human. Um, But what, what do other people have in terms of like characters that have really stood out to you in like a positive way? You mentioned um,
4: Greenbone Saga earlier and Anden from the Greenbone Saga is probably one of my favorites from like, at least like recent books that have been written.
0: I screamed when I when it said, like, I, whatever chapter of his where it was, like, identified him gay. I literally screamed. I like, I was re- I just stopped. I was like, oh, my God. I knew I, I loved I him. You,
2: I sent you a text of, like, the screenshot because I was reading <laughs> it. I was like, oh, my God, he's
0: gay. I, only I remember, I remember tagging Fonda Lee in a tweet being like, oh, my God, thank you for making this beautiful <laughs> human gay. And she was like, you're welcome. <laughs> But yeah, Andon's a really, like, that. he's just a really, really good character. Just yeah. All around is a good character in a very, like, horrific universe <laughs> where everything's <laughs> terrible.
4: Yeah, I found it, I thought he was pretty relatable, at least to me. Like, he's very ambitious in terms of, like, what he wants to do, but is kind of, like, trying to find his way and how he fits into, like, the world that he exists
1: in. Mm-hmm maybe i should actually get around to reading these books instead of having them sit on my kindle they're very so good i, I own yeah. the whole trilogy i have a weakness for cheap ebooks and just mm-hmm. my tbr pile is constantly growing but yep. um i do have a queer character i want to give a shout out to okay rune saint john last of the sun throne uh the main character from the uh tarot sequence mm-hmm. which is like an alternate um urban fantasy setting where atlantis is real magic is real and in the 60s after atlantis got discovered there was a whole worldwide war and the survivors are now eking it out in new england in their own little island in new Mm -hmm. atlantis and rune saint john is the fallen son of a fallen house he's got six spells to his name and i know the author is a horrible internet person like me because with his love interest halfway through the first book they ended up in a freezing snowstorm in a cabin and there was only one bed
0: uh, we love the
1: one bed trope <laughs> we love the one bed trope and on top of that um it really is a series about uh building your own family um mm-hmm. from who you choose and i which you know the queerest family way possible because your found family is often not your birth family but that doesn't matter because you who you choose to associate with so i loved seeing it develop through these first three books and then the fact that there's going to be like six more i was overjoyed when i found this that was going to be a whole (laughs) sequence like i don't just get a trilogy
0: i get more love this for me um Kara, talk to me about your favorite your favorite (laughs) gays
3: I got two that I can think of. Um, Sibling Dax from Song for the Wild, Bill, uh, by Becky Chambers. Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. the first true character I felt really seen by. Like I could see myself in. Uh, Sibling Dex with like true, like non-binary and a gender specifically, which is what I identify as. Mm -hmm. um, Someone who doesn't like exist outside, someone that exists outside the binary, and it doesn't prescribe as any gender whatsoever. And I got that sense, even though it was never explicit. They were identified by they, them, and they were playing with their uh, gender in a way that it was very much neutral. Um, And they were also a person that just happened to be extremely aimless and uh struggling with a sense of uh struggling with being unfulfilled and I, when i was reading the book at the time i felt like oh man this is just me i felt so sort of like this is i just felt very um a shared experience with that character um so i appreciated Superindex um in a very small book and it was very enjoyable um there's also Salat. Salat from the Mask of Shadows, which is a duology by Lindsay Miller. Um, Salat is a gender fluid assassin, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> need I need <seen> it more. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a cool concept. It's like very much like a political intrigue. There's also like, um, um, uh, the Hunger Games concept of, you know, the last one survives. Like, they all have, there's like a bunch of assassins that have to vie for this p- political position of top assassin to be the queen's right handed assassin, I guess. Um, and they, that's, the whole (laughs) intention of the book, like the Hunger Games style for assassins. Um, And the fact that they are gender fluid is just secondary to everything. And um, they were very much gender fluid in the sense of, like, they switched their presentation based on the day they were, um, like, where they feel like they were more presenting. So they might be more uh, they might be more uh feminine, one part of the book, they might be more masculine, they might be not neither. Um and their pronouns actually switch between. They actually say to other characters, uh like they the characters might assume something, they respond, no, that's no, that's not me today. Um and the other the other uh, characters to school with it and might, I think there might have been one line that'd be like eh interesting <laughs> but there's no like you know combative like oh no that's just, like a weird weird thing um, but I thought that was such a cool thing to see and I never had at that point I haven't seen any kind of characters like that in a book in a fantasy book um, so explicit um, so that's really cool
4: Another uh, series that has actually a couple main characters that are queer, like different parts of the queer community, is the fifth season. But a lot of sort of the reveals are like the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemison, But a lot of the reveals are kind of spoilery. So I don't know if we should like say who yeah, they
0: are. But I would just say that like I, I feel like we could just say like there's a lot of gay stuff in that book. Yeah. And, if, and that's one of those very few books. That I'm like, if you know nothing about this book and have never read this book. Yeah. Just pick it up. Go, it it all if going back to like the talking to people in second person it does some really fucking cool stuff with second mm-hmm. perspe- second person perspective yeah that yeah. i will say nothing else um just, just when you start reading it just make sure you tag me every time you scream when you turn a page <laughs> that's what i did in your discord <laughs> I, I
1: i okay i read the end of the fifth season on a plane Mm -hmm. i had when when the thing happened at the end and there was they had to keep quiet Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i
0: uh it
1: all took not to scream in my seat so
0: i was Um. on the subway for one of the big reveals and i audibly made sounds (laughs) like people looked because i was like what the fuck what the oh god (laughs) um awesome chris Talking about your gaze.
2: Yeah. Um, just want to comment on Kara mentioning a book about uh, gender-fluid assassins. Uh, someone who knows Kara very well and their favorite games are Assassin's Creed. I am not surprised <laughs> <laughs> at all that you said that.
3: Of course. It all makes sense now. It all makes
2: sense now. Um, <laughs> as for favorite queer characters, there's, there's a lot. But I think more recently, and something that's not very popular is um, there's a book, it's a duology, but a book called The Daughters of Izdihar by Hadir El-Sabi and, or el Spey, sorry. And it's very queer feminist rage. So uh, it was it's like really, really good in that sense. And it's just something that I, when I was reading it, and I don't think the second book is out yet, but when I was reading that book, it combined like an Egyptian inspired fantasy world with queer feminist rage and it's just a mix that I'd never seen before and it's something that I've always wanted because I grew up in the Middle East and I just never got that you know I never read a book that I just felt so you know represented by as much as I did reading that so it was a very fascinating um book and highly recommend and this character um her name is Nihal and she's just very badass and. Yeah, really, really good book. The other, only other character that can that I just like thought of right away is because you mentioned um, Gideon. Mm. Same with the book, <laughs> Gideon, Gideon the Knight. Gideon, yeah, Knight. Gideon the Knight. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Gideon was just a very fascinating character. I mean, also kind of queer feminist rage in a lot of ways. So I don't know if there's a there's a pattern here, but I really liked that. You know. She's just very quippy, she's very fast, very quick on her feet and, you know, used her skeletons and like used the environment in a way that really added to the character. So I just, I, I just love the character so much. I don't think I've read like all three or four books, but, <laughs> but I just loved the the character. Yeah,
0: I, I still need to read the sequels. I've only read the first one at this point. Okay, then I will I will just mention
1: that I'm going to go with a second year Aaron was picked two, and I only talked about one. Um, uh, Harrowhark, mm-hmm. my horrible little wet cat child who <laughs> reacts to human human affection by clawing at it until it goes away because she thinks she's undeserving of love, and just uh my heart. She's <laughs> amazing and also kind of terrible and (laughs) you all need to read harrow the ninth because then i can scream about why she's extra amazing and terrible but i can't (laughs) talk about why because again like how the fifth season and the whole uh if i tell you the reveals it will lose its power and just i I don't want to take that away from y'all
2: just a side though about the fifth season is because like you know Eric and I and Future were in the same Discord as Richard, and when Richard was talking about the reveals, I was a little disappointed that you were expecting them right as they happened. I'm like, wow, how dare you!
1: <laughs> I was like, how did you call this out? Because I, I
2: was, I was annoyed. <laughs> I,
1: I, 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 I didn't see any of these coming, and you just were just like, y- yep, like clockwork. Like you had a clipboard and a pen. Like I've read a lot <laughs> you know?
4: of, so I've read a lot of like sci-fi and fantasy, and the, I can usually catch foreshadowing pretty well. Like it, mm. it usually. I can usually sort of see the hints.
0: What I what I will say is I was super shocked by the first big reveal and the, I'm, the best way I can say is, is I should have seen the second one and I yeah. didn't and that made me mad because I was like, how did you not know get yeah. uh, it together?
4: Some um, of those reveals are so good.
0: Yeah. Uh. Um, okay. So since people stole a lot of my answers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have other characters i want to talk about so i was going to talk about i was going to talk about rye and then i did that already i was going to talk about andon and then we did that already i was going to mention gideon and we did that already (laughs) um so i'm going to pick a couple that are um kind of cover an array of things so i'm going to mention uh house in the cerulean sea by tj clune um Mm -hmm. that is a super cozy the main character is linus baker and he is this like basically it's kind of like he's going to check in on like an orphanage and he's of like upholds like the codes of conduct for like how one runs their, their magical orphanage of like magical children. Um, And there's something very endearing about his character and like wanting to do the right thing, wanting to just live a quiet life and getting thrown into a thing that he doesn't want to be involved in. Um, And it was just like, I know that I think I know that there's like a little bit of like, I don't want to say controversy, but there's like a little bit of chatter about certain elements of the book and like where he drew certain inspirations from that I think of like people kind of do like the, oh, it's good, but like you do have to acknowledge this like little thing. Um, I didn't know about that little thing before I read it. And so like I read it and I was like, this is a perfect book, 10 out of 10, not a single note. Um, but Linus was just a super, super endearing character. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to segue over to young adult. Um, cause there's two books I want to mention young adult wise. One of them is not fantasy, which is rare for me. Okay. Um, it's called, I wish you all the best by Mason Deaver. It is about, uh, the main character is Ben DeBacker. Um, and they are non-binary come out to their parents in the very beginning of the book, get thrown out of their house and then end up living with, uh, other family. And Mason does such a good job of threading the needle of how much anxiety one feels during major coming out moments and living in that like liminal space between I've come out, but I'm not like fully out and how like every step you take can feel like it, it's going to be a disaster, right? Like I've told this one person, this thing about me and now that didn't go well. So now I have to retreat back in and like trying to find that space where they felt comfortable enough to start telling other people. Um, there's, there's a boy that's involved that like they start falling for. Um, just really, really well done. And I think I read it and like my own anxieties from when I went through a lot of that coming out as like a high schooler, like resurface. And like, it was just done very, very well. And Mason is, is delightful. Um, and then the last one, cause it's, it's my podcast. so I'm going to say three. Um, is uh, Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. Um, you have a, a a trans mask leading character, which is like that we don't see a, a ton of trans characters in general, and I think to have a trans mask character in a story that is especially rooted in a uh, Latinx family and what it means to like be of power and how they navigate a very gendered power dynamic in their family um and having power being a gendered thing and how some of those things intertwine um and then he accidentally falls in love with a ghost so you know as That's you all do. Secondary. As, as one does <laughs> as one does um i mean the the plot is like he's trying to un- or, yeah he's trying to uncover a a murder um and so he like accidentally he's like trying to like d- perform like this summoning to like get in touch with the ghost and and like he summons a different ghost um I think that, at least I'm remembering the story correctly. It's been a minute since I yeah. read it, but um, and then I'll say from there, like Aiden Thomas is writing a ton of stuff um, that's all getting like really, really great uh, response and reviews and everything else. So if you haven't checked out Aiden Thomas and any of his books, um, would recommend. But they're again, they they live in more that that young adult niche area. So, um, so those are mine. Um, so now it's like the fun question: Has there been anything that? Any queer stuff, gay stuff, trans stuff, et cetera, that did not land for you or that was written in a way that and we can be delicate, and if you don't want to say a specific book title or a specific author um, out of kindness because maybe they didn't mean to do it poorly, but they did um, we can do it that way um i can I'll start with my most recent one, which was I won't mention the author in the books in the books, but it was a um It was a, it was a story. It was like a steampunk. It had all these elements that like should have been stuff that like I would have gravitated towards. And it was like a novella series. Um, And it was, I could tell that the author was a cis straight man by page three um, because of the way that they drew attention to the trans characters, transness in that, like, (laughs) and I think, and I think they were trying to do it in a way that was like, well, I'll say this was like, it was done in a way that I think wasn't trying to be like mean or offensive, but it was like, they're, they were hiding that they were trans from somebody above them. And so, like, while they were walking somewhere, they like ducked away to like, make sure that like their binding was in place. And like, it was, it was interesting to get the details and like, have somebody actually be able to include some of the language and details that I think someone in that situation would be like, would things they be wearing But it was a really, for me, it was a weird dichotomy of, like, kept drawing attention to the transness in a world that didn't seem to actually mind that the person was trans. And that was, like, where it got to this weird space where, like, if there would have been more of a plot point around it, like, the world actually being hateful or whatever, I might have gotten there. But at the end of the first short novella, like, the end of the first novella, I was like, I don't understand why we, like, drew so much attention to it. And even though I own the rest of them because I bought it as a little bundle, I was like, I don't think I'm, I don't, I'm not compelled to read the rest of them because I don't understand the lens that you're approaching this from. And that was literally the most delicate way I could have said all of those words (laughs) (laughs) about this book. Um, It's not
1: a specific book for me, but it's something that I think has been moving on from, but I'm so sick of gay tragedies. Uh, Ah, like, I don't need someone weeping over like the boyfriend who killed himself rather than come out or whatever, blah 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 blah. Like I get it, but oh there are so many more fit and f- fulfilling queer stories to tell and just that we got pigeonholed for so long, just uh, yep. On the pl- I I will say in a small plus side though that like there's stuff out now that's like this isn't for me, but if it had been come out when I was the right age for it, like um, Red, White, Royal Blue, and all that stuff, uh, the mm-hmm. the Heart Stoppers were like, okay, there's been actual monumental growth in this, so I will take the good with the bad. And if someone misses, well, sometimes they just miss not out of ill intent, but just from um, not understanding fully.
0: Right.
4: Yeah. I have two examples that are like kind of the same and a lot of like the issues that they have i think are just because of they're kind of old like they were written in the 90s and early 2000s and it's just like so one of them is the wheel of time (laughs) (laughs) has a lot of like sort of misses with queer representation there's like talk of like the the sedai the like people that can use magic having like pillow friends in their training but like none of them actually are queer it's just like relationships they had during training um and then of course they're all like straight after they're allowed to like leave the plate they're like magic school basically and then there are characters that like this is kind of a spoiler but not really that like die and are, are brought back to life but in like the opposite sex and then the the magic is uh works based on whether you're like male or female mm-hmm. it's just like very binary and not very um it's felt kind of icky at times basically that sort of that sort of representation
0: yeah and then the other although the, the i will say like i do appreciate that the show despite i know i feel like you had yeah. some problems with the show but i do appreciate that in the show they're like yeah, there's a lot of queer shit happening. They're yes. fucking everybody. Like, you yeah. want to have a harem of of men? My God, go for it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really great things about the show being adapted, like, today, is they can, like, sort of use the adaptation as a way to sort of remedy some of those, like, weird missteps that they made, that were made. I think a lot of it due to, like, when it was written. Right. Um Yeah, and then the other series, which is a series I like a lot, actually, is the Nightrunner series, I don't know, by Lynn Flewelling, I don't know if any of you have read that, but it's like a grimdark fantasy with a lot of really, uh, like, two of the main characters are gay, but there's a lot of, like, weird, like, age gap things happening, because one of them is, like, an elf, basically, Um, and then the other one is, like, human and a lot younger, so there's, like, some weird dynamics there, there, And there's, it's also just, like, there's a lot of violence that happens um, because it's, like, sort of grim-darky, and some of it is not, you know, doesn't feel the best. But it has a lot of... It's a pretty cool setting. Like, one of the main um, countries in it is this, like, matriarchal country with, like, a bunch of badass, like, female characters. Um, So it's a good series overall, but you have to be ready for, like, a lot of, like bad things to happen (laughs) like if you have (laughs) a lot of trigger warnings and stuff for reading i know there are sites that you can look up like what might trigger people as they're reading this one probably hits a lot of those checks so if you're yeah bothered by a lot of violence and things like that it might not be for you
0: um kara what do you have for things that didn't land for you i
3: don't really have an answer for this one because i feel like lately like all the at least for the last two years, when I really started ramping up my reading, because mm-hmm. really thanks to the book club, I've been reading a lot more. Um, so it can, so it was my excuse to actually read more. So and it works, but at, <laughs> before that, I haven't really read, read as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say in the last two years, like all the books that I've been recommended or have come across, like tend to be. Like, they're recommended for a reason. Like, people wouldn't say, suggest them without, you know, like, writing them. Like, yeah, I, I like this book. They're good representation. I think you will enjoy this. Um, so I unfortunately don't really have an answer for this one, but
0: that's, but (laughs) But I thought that's good. That's good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I sort of have like a opinion, like a head canyon kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it's not it's not a myth. It's just more of a head canon. Crowley from Good Omens. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so Crowley, if you have nobody has read Good Omens, it's very much like a adaptation of the biblical uh end of the world uh uh Armageddon kind of deal. Um, there's this angel and this demon who have been best friend basically since the dawn of time um (laughs) even though they will vehemently disagree with that but they truly are um and the demon is Chloe who is uh the snake in the Garden of Eve Uh, uh Eden sorry um and they're sh- he's a the shapeshifter, and I feel like that could be a really cool, like, exploration kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. because he does shape shift into this female nanny for one of the characters when they were a, ch- a child. So he was literally dressed as this female nanny for years, and I just felt like. Oh, this would be so cool for Crowley like to like just not just for he's very much character but that would be using gender for his own whi- for his own whims or when it suits him or just for the heck of it, I could get that vibe where he's just like just playful with it right um and I just felt like that could have been explored more like i mean it's just a, a single book and it was very much, I first read it when I was in high school. Um And I feel like, I think it was like in the early 2000s, maybe 90s. I can't quite remember when it first came out. Um So I didn't really expect much, but if it was somehow be done today, it would have been cool. Actually, there's a TV show yep. uh, adaptation. So they actually made uh the, the season based on the first book. And they didn't really explore. They had some snippets of him as a nanny, if I remember correctly. Um, but they didn't really explore anything. But they're coming out with a season two. Ooh. Which is, I was shocked that they were doing it. But it was based on the story that Neil Gaiman and Terry Patchett had talked about doing, but never did. Because um, Terry Patchett passed away. Bye. Um yeah. About that to this day. I know, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, and Neil Gaiman would never do that story. If anybody approached him about it, he's like, no, I can't do it because it's not the same without Terry. Um, and that that's just always like <sighs> <sighs> and I don't know how he agreed to the second season of Gnomon. So I'm wildly interested to see what they do. Uh Maybe we might see some cool chick uh, and from colorly, yeah. In the
2: first season um, was queer, right? I, I would vaguely remember there was something. Maybe I'm wrong.
3: <sighs> there must be. I it, minute, I it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. My <laughs> yeah. my memory is not great. <laughs> yeah, I like um, vaguely
2: remember something. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I think the there's like the coffee
0: shop.
2: Yes. Girl, and
0: then
4: I forget who the other character.
0: Yeah, was. I feel yeah. like I've I've watched the first episode like two or three times, and for whatever reason, I just never finished the series. Mm. I watched the pilot episode while I was getting one of my tattoos done, so like, oh, I remember watching it. It was on, but I was in pain, and so I didn't actually focus on. Um. All right, Chris. What about you? Tell me. Tell me um. your critiques. So I don't, yeah, I don't think the misses
2: that I, when I was thinking of this, I don't think I thought of like, like bad LGBT representation per se, just maybe like bad (laughs) books. I don't know (laughs) know how much time we have, but um, I will say I got burned by Book Talk really suggesting the Atlas Six and I'm not going to name the author, but like, if you just look up the (laughs) the book, you'll know this. And by God, this book is so bad. So (laughs) I think when a book has so many POVs and so many characters, you need to have these characters so well-established. Otherwise, like, what's, why do you have so many POVs? Right. And when none of the characters are interesting, <laughs> then I don't know what's going on. I don't know why anyone's reading this. But I, when I was going through it, I was like, okay, there's so much queer representation here. But... Wow, none of it is good. <laughs> and I was just like, this is not the kind of book. And sort of maybe like what Future was saying is there's a lot of books now. And I'm like, it's good, it's great for someone out there. And maybe it's it's really good for a lot of people um growing into that stage or either finding themselves. But um yeah, that was not it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I I mean, and we won't get into it because it's it's a we could probably have a whole separate like podcast episode about like the the own voices conversation about like who's writing certain things and mm. you know because you get like especially because I because for whatever reason um I've been occasionally dipping my toes into like trashy gay romances because that's you know when you when you come off like a really heavy whatever punched you in the face emotionally book like sometimes you want to read a book about like two dudes who met at a See? wedding and then spent all weekend boning because Whatever. Um, but like I, there there's a lot of conversation around like who who is writing those books or different types of books mm-hmm. of, of sorts. And I do also think the other piece of it, which I think also often gets lost in the conversation, is like who the audience for those books are. Yeah. Because a lot of the the gay, at least the gay men romance novels, the target audience is is often like middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird thing where it's like, this book actually isn't for me.
1: I mean, it, it's very much like the difference between your gay um uh, manga and your um, uh, bishonen manga, where it's like, one is written by men for men, one's written by women for women. They both technically have dudes going at it, but vastly different in terms of presentation and the tropes
0: mm-hmm. and the actual, you know, writing style, so... But yeah, I do think that's always interesting when you can like, and there's definitely been time, like I said, the one book I I had read before that I like, you could feel it right away that like it wasn't somebody who had either been, is part of the community or has done the work to be able to represent the community in a way that you can connect with it. Um, but I know that can lead to like some, like what feels like misses for, for folks in in some different ways. Um, all right. Well, I know we're we're hitting about that time. So let's, and I, I did it. I went through all of my questions and like, we've, we've hit them all or we're going to hit the last one now. And I didn't veer too far off. And so that's good. So what, this is where we get to talk about all the things that we're excited about. And I'm going to say it first before Chris, I'm really fucking excited for the threads of power by VE Schwab because we get more rye, and I, I won't say their title because that would spoil if you haven't read the first trilogy. If you didn't finish.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Girl, <laughs> oh. that's all. I big. was going to name There's it. a lot of spoilers. Gonna,
2: I was, was going to just call it out. <laughs> um,
0: but I, I mean, I, I hype anything that, um, the Schwab puts out, like I, anytime that she has a book coming out, she has another standalone coming out soon. Um, so like her standalones are like the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which has been which is being made into a movie allegedly, um, and then her villains trilogy is getting its concluding book sometime soon. That was my entry point for for Schwab was the villains trilogy, um, and when I tell you that those books changed my entire trajectory of life, like those are <laughs> those boys. I do think
2: I do think the villains, like I, it just has a place in my heart more than Shades of Magic, and I don't know
0: why. for me it's because i started with those like i I started started there maybe i did too you probably did because i probably bullied you into reading you you probably (laughs) made me yeah (laughs) um but she yeah she's got a couple new books coming out um i actually just saw literally like maybe an hour before we started recording that um fonda lee has a novella out um which i need to go find and read because i love her um but yeah, and you think because I put this question here, I'd have a better list of like the books that I was excited about. But I'm just gonna say Schwab and Threads of Power and steal that from Chris. And then uh let's start with Kara. Kara, what are you excited for?
3: I am like the only book uh book i author that I actually follow is the Schwab. Uh so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm intrigued by her um Threads of Power uh hmm series so i need to finish everything else first
0: <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe the better question maybe not like what books are coming out but maybe what's what's on your to read pile mm. or what's oh. so let's do to read pile
3: yes if um if we're not following two bits so, um by oh gosh i think it was sarah Novik. yeah sarah Novik. Okay. oh yeah um Two Biz is that queer book, uh, of course. Um, and <laughs> it's about the deaf community. I can't remember the synopsis at the top of my head. All I know is queer and deaf, and those are both me. <laughs> so obviously I need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like flipped through like uh, like vaguely, uh, I picked it up the other day. Um and just like looked at it real quick. And I saw like some interesting like layout designs (laughs) uh, where they incorporated like actual visuals for sign language and um, like, I don't know, kind of like technical drawings almost. And that's really interesting and unique. And so I'm looking forward to that, Um, which is at the top of my pile. Nice.
0: Who else? Has. What's on what's on your two piles or books you're excited about coming out?
4: Uh, for me, we're in the year of Sanderson, so I'm excited for, I think we get one next month. <laughs> 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 I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan in general. He has a lot of, he has these days quite a few queer or, and or queer coded um, characters in his stuff, so... I'm sure there'll be some some surprises in there, and then I'm also um, going through like the Becky Becky Chambers books. I'm on the third one now. Oh, uh, I cry at
1: that one Boundary. every time.
4: <laughs> so that's sort of what I'm working on these
1: days. All right, all right. Um, I've got three books coming out next year that I'm really excited about. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna shill them uh first is going to be wicked problems by max gladstone the next uh book in his craft wars here it's like a follow-up to the craft sequence uh wizard necromancer lawyers read them they're <laughs> awesome um <laughs> s- uh, second is going to be uh, uh xeran jiao's second book um a heavenly tyrant a sequel to their first book iron widow which mm. is uh Pacific Rim in a Confucius inspired Confucius China in terms of like how it views gender and whatnot and it does the thing I've been screaming every YA love triangle to do ever so if you if you're queer you know what I'm talking about in terms of the resolution of that so (laughs) keep that in mind and end on a huge plot twist that I can't wait to read more about and thirdly going to be of course electo the ninth the fourth locked tomb book it should be out next year after screaming and sobbing at the end of um (laughs) the end of um nona oh my god you the locked tomb, please read them read read harrow read nona and then get back to me so we can scream about these books together because oh my
2: god (laughs) oh my god
0: all right, uh, Chris. What's on your What's on your upcoming lists?
2: I also have three books. Uh, first, I'm gonna reread "This Is How was a Time War" by mm-hmm. Nicholas Nicholas, um, <laughs> uh, by Max Gladstone and Emma Donoghue. And um, yeah, I read this like a long time ago, so I definitely need to reread it and get back into it. But I remember just like absolutely falling in love with it. And two other books that have not come out yet, but I think are coming out this year. Both are um, Arab-inspired fantasies. One is called The Jassad Air by Sarah Hashem, and the other one's called Spice Road by Maya Brahim. And this was sort of my like goal at the end of last year is try to read as much as I can of like Arab fantasy. Um, and I think both of those are clear. So I'm very excited about like this sudden emergence of this queer Arab fantasies now, um, and yeah, also e. Schwab, but you already sold that. <laughs> when you said the first one, I'm like, okay, I can still use the villains, but can you say that? But then you stole that too. <laughs> but that's not coming out this year. I think we're gonna. Yeah, I don't about... think
0: that has a release date at this point. No, I think I just that's think like title only. Yeah, I think she's just kind of like, and then the villain series for her is always like a back burner series that she just like lets ruminate until she feels like she's in a, like she's in the right spot to. I will, and this is a fun story because we, uh, I went to go see her talk at Brookline Booksmith years ago before the COVID. And like she talked about the fact that she wrote villains. Uh, she wrote Vicious in secret, did not tell her agent she was working on it, and just showed up with a manuscript and said, I wrote book. (laughs) <laughs> and that then when she gets and, and then when she wrote the second one she wrote the entire first draft of it and felt like it was fine gave it to her agent her agent was like it's fine like we'll publish it and it will people will read it it's fine and she goes fine isn't good enough she went back wrecked the first draft entirely rewrote the entire second the second draft which is where the character of Marcella Riggs comes from Marcella was not in the first draft apparently or not much. And then she made her basically a prominent POV in the rewrite and that then when she gave it back to the age of the age was like, "Ah, there it is. That's what you were missing, girl." Um huh. and if you want to talk about like I wouldn't say she's a feminist in any way, but if you want to talk about some some female rage, <laughs> Marcella Riggs is it. She is a a manifestation of that as her ability is literally turning things to ash
4: like that's vicious again
0: yeah and for anybody listening the vicious cycle the vicious books are based around the idea of like basically kind of like x-men e but like you gain power through near-death experience and it's in the moments of near-death and how you respond to that death that informs your power that you get and so as marcella was facing near-death her thoughts were i will burn you i will burn you oh, wow. okay she-
3: okay <laughs> this is too- coming up to top of my to read infinitely
0: high um but the other so the other i've got two others that are on my my radar one is um a marvelous light by freya marsk yes um which is like speculative fantasy wizards romance-y, very spicy and Such, Um, And then another author that I followed for a while, Adam Sass, has a book coming out soon, I think it's September, uh, called Your Lonely Nights Are Over, and the little synopsis is Scream meets Clueless in this YA horror from Adam Sass, in which two gay BFFs find their friendship tested when a serial killer starts targeting their school's queer club
3: okay Uh, is it like horror in a sense of like true horror or is it campy
0: horror i think it's gonna be campy horror given that scream is his reference point that's
3: what i was thinking yeah Yeah.
0: um and having read i read um surrender your sons by adam sass which is a conversion therapy burn it to the ground kind of a book Mm -hmm. um and that even that like it had horror ish but it was still ya and like it was emotional and challenging but it wasn't like horror horror where it's like uh, grotesque it felt, and all it, of that
1: it felt more real than you know other horror because oh my god this could happen to me
0: right there's a little bit of that a little bit of that um all right so that is the that is the episode what i'll what i will do is have everyone go around and if uh if you would like to be found on the internet on social media in some way you are free to share said social media if you would not like to be found on the internet you are also fine to say, I don't want to be found because the internet's a dumpster fire. Um, (laughs) So I will start with, uh, I'll start with future. I'm going to go around the same way we did intro. So future Chris, Kara, Richard, Uh, future. Uh,
1: Yes, I am in the middle of the job hunt right now. So my internet presence is non-existent. I am, but a humble servant looking to trade my time for a pittance or maybe (laughs) a double
0: pittance. Um, But, uh yeah, that's it for me. Here we go. Future exists in our Discord, and that's where and that's where future lives. Yes. <laughs> um, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter
2: as long as Twitter exists. Um, Chris Strowy. I'm also on Blue Sky now. So if you somehow got into that, <laughs> you should be to find me under the same username. And on Discord now that Discord has usernames. Um, hmm. I think it's also the same thing. Actually, no, on Discord it's at Chris Um, but I'll just that's probably gonna be down in the description. Yeah, we'll there.
0: put we'll put stuff in show notes. Yeah.
2: I just you, you like that I pointed even you though You pointed.
0: This, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant.
2: <laughs> um
0: Kara, if you'd like to be found.
3: <laughs> you can find me on Twitter for as long as I exist at Theer, H A L A N-T-H-I-R. We do love and Elvish language, so there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: and Richard?
4: Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't really tweet much. Uh, I am in Eric's Discord, usually talking about books or video games or other <laughs> queer, disc- various queer Discords talking about the same things.
0: Um, and as always, you can find the podcast at The Queer XP on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we're probably most active on Twitter still, um, even though every day is just one more reason to not be on Twitter. But until I find something better for the pod to move to, uh, Twitter, we shall be. So uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, it's still alive. Um, but I have made the move over to, I will not move full move. I have gotten access to Blue Sky. Uh, so you can find me on blue, uh, me on blue sky under falcon wizard dot blue sky, whatever, social, something, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I don't know how the usernames over there work. I just know I claimed falcon wizard. So, um, but that's it for us. Um, let me look and see real quick what we have coming up next week that you'll get to hear. Uh, but I think I know what it is. Let's make sure I know what it is. Okay. Yeah. So coming up next week is, um, so if you listen to our actual plays and you listen to Dethrone the Define and know that that is our most unhinged actual play to date, um, I'm pleased to, to announce that we have a new contender in a game called Bro Hunters, <laughs> which is a ghost hunter actual play where you're all bros uh, going ghost hunting. And we've recorded this one already. It is a GMless uh token-based, or as the game called them, bro tokens or brokens <laughs> um and we had a completely chaotic crew and there may or may not be demon twinks i can't confirm <laughs> or deny that someone may or may not have drank lube i can't confirm <laughs> or deny that oh no
1: <laughs> that's the wrong end for the lube to go but that's kind of here
0: and <laughs> <or> there <laughs> um so, make sure you, you tune in, give that a listen. And then we'll have one more episode after that, which is going to be an actual play of a game called Crisis, which is a queer superhero um, actual play built on the system called Belonging Outside Belonging. So, it's kind of diceless, mostly narrative and GMless. Um, and it's about the balance of trying to save a world that's not necessarily trying to save you in return. And how do you navigate some of those complexities? Um, we have not recorded that one yet, but I'm super excited for it. And that's actually going to finish out season one of Queer XP. We'll be hitting somewhere around 38 episodes in total, I think, by time I, if I math everything out right. Um, All right. So, super excited that we were almost done with season one, but those two actual plays, I can confirm that Bro Hunters is definitely not safe for work, and you should definitely tune in. Um, <laughs> but On that note, thank you to all of my guests. You all are wonderful. I hope you all had fun. And to everyone listening, um, go read every single book that we've referenced during this podcast. Uh, Except Atlas 6. Except Atlas (laughs) 6 and the one that I didn't actually name. Um, But thank you once again, and I will see you all later.